This is Hannah. This is Rachel. And this is What I Like to Tell People. Hi, Rachel. Hello, Hannah. How was your week? It was good. I don't even know. Oh, I don't even know what happened. Oh, I had the flu. Well, but I already talked about that last week with you. I had the flu and the COVID shot, but I had to take off work because I was in a lot of pain. So mm -hmm. it was worth it, though, because I got a lot done for, well, I, you know, for myself more. So I guess it was self-care and I'm with rabbits right now. Well, it's kind of good, uh, you know, being surrounded by cuteness. How was, how's your week? Yeah, it's been good. So I'm getting ready for my friend's wedding. I'm a maid of honor. So by the time people listen to this, it will already have happened, but um, I'm leaving. And so I'm trying to get everything in order for that. And we have like our nail appointment on Friday and all kinds of stuff. So a lot of festivities. Yeah, so I'll be getting ready for, or I've been getting ready for that, and um, yeah, I feel like this week I have been eating way too many Reese pumpkins, which you don't understand because you're allergic to peanuts, but I feel like I, and I just had one, you know, right before the interview, I, I think I need to detox on those. Um, or I'm going to, like, when I can't get them, it's going to be really, really um, Maybe bad. Maybe stock up on them. Huh? Stock up on them. Oh, yeah. No, I already... That's what my dad does. <laughs> oh, he really likes them, too? Yeah, he likes those. And then, like, a lot of Reese stuff, too. Like, uh, even with them. Not Could peeps, he eat but... them when you're around, though? Yeah, you can. It's just also like I'm not like if it's in a close, this sounds a real close space. It's like, you know, like it's a little harder. But when I'm at your place, you're fine. You can get them around me. Just don't make out with me, which we don't. So we're good. Yeah, which I don't plan on ever doing that. So I think we shall be shall be, I think good. We're going to be good unless we really needed to save your life. But that's not making out. Oh, yeah, mouth to mouth, um, which I am. I well, I'm not certified, but I used to be certified. I didn't I didn't take um, the class to do it again. I need to go just do that. And maybe we'll just take a class on our way together. Yeah. Well, what you're supposed to say is stay calm. I've taken first aid or whatever. That was like, <laughs> we watched all these videos and there was a person and we had, it was like a full day of stuff. And it was just so like every video, stay calm. I've taken first aid. Um, do you have so, to do this each time when no one could see it on camera? Yeah, but. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm waving my hand. Almost yeah. like you're a flight attendant, like stay calm. <laughs> no first aid. Go to the aisle seat. <laughs> right. Yes. I, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I have been doing. But anyway, so this episode, we just actually interviewed her, um, Megan, who is, does photography for a lifestyle brand, and she's based in DC, and she also has threats, and we had such an interesting conversation with her, and I'm excited for everyone to hear it. It was really, really fun, so I hope you guys enjoy. Hello, everyone. We are here with Megan LaPrairie. Hi, Megan. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Hello. Nice to meet yeah. you. Nice to meet you, Anna. Thank you for having me on your show. Thanks for being here. This is um, really exciting. We get to talk about two subjects that are very dear to you. Would you want to 
expand on that? Sure, sure. So um, my name is Megan LaPrairie. Um, I'm a DC-based lifestyle brand photographer living with Tourette's syndrome. And so just to get right into it, um, I was going to start off telling you guys a little bit about what is Tourette's. So um, Tourette's, according to the Mayo Clinic, is a disorder that involves repetitive movements or unwanted sounds. These are called tics. Um, they can't be easily controlled. For instance, you might repeatedly blink your eyes, shrug your shoulders, blurt out unusual sounds. Um, tics show up between the age of 2 and 15, typically, with the average being around 6 years of age. Um, males are about three to four times more likely to develop Tourette's than females. Most people grow out of it as they get older. I was one of those lucky people that it just never left. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no cure for Tourette's syndrome, but some treatments are available. Many people um, don't need treatment and they have very mild symptoms. I used to say that I had party favored Tourette's because it was just like... <laughs> Two truths and a lie. It was like this, that, and I have Tourette's. And people never guessed it. But of course, I had Tourette's. <laughs> Do you think um, it uh, come out? Uh, when did it? Oh, sorry, Hannah. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, because you mentioned, you know, more males have it than women. But I also feel like they might not be diagnosed as much as males, just like with ADHD and all kinds of things. Like, I feel like a lot of times females mask it or show it differently. So do you think that's it? Or do you really think that there's more men out there. That is a really good point that you bring up. And I mean, just think about it, like how much of our medical system is geared toward men? Right. They're the ones that do all the testing. <laughs> they do. That's why a lot of like gynecological, I guess is the right word, are not researched enough. Migraines aren't researched enough. Like I suffer with migraines and that is a more female dominant well, so, thing. Yeah. And like they're slowly, you know, recently getting things, but it's because it's a hormone related problem and so men don't get as many migraines so it's not as tested or it's not and men do get them but not as many and and so yeah but you're right yeah it's male-based studies when did you uh start noticing um so I think it was around age nine that I was diagnosed and probably around age eight or nine I started with some kind of vocal there's two different kinds of tics motor tics and vocal tics mm -hmm. so I had some vocal tics so I'll do that here since we're on an audio podcast and it was like <laughs> kind of like in the back of my throat especially now if you watch a horror movie with me especially in October during horror fest <laughs> we tend to watch a lot of horror movies 15 in fact and you'll hear me go <laughs> um kind of works though yeah it's kind of funny it's like the scream works um like the Jason. psycho sound is what it sounds like but then also like sniffing or grunting, you know, like different throat clearing, <clears throat> you know, some people swear. You've heard of that, especially in media. A lot of movies portray people with Tourette's as swearing. Um, but that's coropulalia. And actually, it's one out of 10 people that have that. So wow. it's actually not very common. But that's what people think about when they think about Tourette's syndrome. Um, so as mentioned, there were like simple ticks and complex ticks. So most of what I have are simple ticks. So I have blinking, this nose twitch thing, the blinking, think of like you're driving in a car and the windshield wipers are on full blast and it's raining. Now imagine you're driving in a car, the windshield wipers are on full blast and it's raining and you're blinking repeatedly. Like it's really hard to drive. It's really hard to ride a bike. It's hard to ride on a treadmill or in the woods. I trip, you know, over myself because I'm knocking my knees together because that's one of my tics. Or I hit my elbow against my hip or I hit my, 
you know, ear into my shoulder. So like, imagine going through school, like middle school, for example, right? That's a really tough time for most of us. And then you're acting weird. <laughs> People notice it. And it comes you know, out when you're nervous more. You mentioned It's weird there. though, but yes, I find the things that cause me to tick are driving, watching a movie, eating, um, so it tends so to be living, a lot of like, almost. <laughs> it just sounds like you have to be moving actually like to like keep your mind at ease because that happens with my anxiety. That's why yeah. I usually wear a ring or a necklace because I always have to do that. Yeah. And then I have to keep moving around the house or doing certain things. Cause... So like to be able to fidget on something and distract your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, 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 and like right now I don't have it. So I'm like, I don't know what the hell's happening. So I'm just <laughs> fidgeting with things. Yeah, I'm like, let's just, you know, do this for a while. So if you see me do this right now, it's because I don't have my ring or my necklace. We all develop coping mechanisms like that. So in middle school, is that when you were first noticing things since you mentioned like that was a really hard time or I feel like middle school is just a hard time. So I can get how that. Right. I was going to say. I remember it being really prolific then. And Mm -hmm. you can, I'm forgetting the word, but you can like suppress them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times kids with Tourette's, they'll suppress them throughout the day and then at the very end of the day they'll get in the car and they'll like you explode almost yeah you like have a spasm in your face or wherever you're ticking and you like let all your ticks out and the parents usually have come to accept it or sometimes parents don't accept it they're like you don't have Tourette's what's wrong with you like or they don't know about Tourette's um stop doing that stop doing it and it's like well it's involuntary and like my friends don't understand what I'm doing so I've tried to explain I'm like it's like a yawn you have to yawn. Mm-hmm. It's like a sneeze. It's like you 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 sneeze. You just have to do it. Like, like yeah, it's just yeah, it's hard involuntary. Yeah, I mean, it's like a pant. Like when you were saying you go went back into the car at the end of the day, or the kids did, etc. It's almost like a panic attack, and but in that way too, because yeah. it's all coming out at once. And so then your body is like it's uh, the muscles, like the muscles yeah. are just like I'm done. So how did you get diagnosed? Oh, I'm sorry. Or verbal panic attack. I think with diagnosis, usually you have to have two verbal tics and one motor tic. Don't quote me on this. I'm not a medical professional. But I think for a year, um, and once you have those established and you've seen a neurologist, the neurologist is the one who tends to diagnose you with Tourette's syndrome. Now, Tourette's has a lot of comorbid disorders. You'll have ADHD. OCD, autism spectrum disorders, learning disabilities, sleep problems, depression, anxiety, um, and anger management problems or pain related, especially headaches, as you mentioned. That's my biggest side effect is Mm -hmm. I blink so much that I end up getting headaches like back in here um, or my temples and behind my eyes. So there are some treatments available like Botox, um, which is probably the only perk of having Tourette's so far in my life. Um, about a month ago, I got Botox and it's the first time since I was nine years old that I had Botox. And it's mainly for safety because I couldn't see to drive like this, this spring, which was correlated with allergy season, which I want to get into with you. Cause that's really interesting. I have a theory about this, <laughs> but I was blinking so much that it was really terrifying to drive a vehicle. Like a few times I tapped the curb with my car wheel and I was like, uh-uh, enough of this. Like, so I finally went oh, in yeah. a neurologist and I was like, help me. And so I got injections here and here and like in my eyelids, which is terrifying. Right. Um, but it's a very tiny needle and it kind of paralyzed my face here. So mm-hmm. unfortunately 
I can't tick as well. So I still have the urge, but can't complete the task. So it's almost like you need to sneeze, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> or there's an itch you have to scratch, but you can't reach it. It's so like it's pause on you. It's like, like pause. It's a weird feeling. <laughs> and, I mean, <laughs> Botox it wears off. I'm sorry, Rachel. Were you? Oh, no, no. no say, you're Botox right, it wears off. So like how often are you going to have to get that? And have you noticed it wearing off since you have gotten it? It hasn't worn off yet. It takes a week to kick in mm-hmm. and then it lasts for about four months. Okay. So you would do it quarterly and it's covered by my insurance because it's medical, not. Um, I was going to say, they, uh, right. they, it builds up too, doesn't yeah. it? Because that's what they so. were going to do with my um, autoimmune stuff. They were thinking about it at mm-hmm. one point with my yeah. skin and like, they were like, yeah, it starts to build up. So that's it. That's good. That's not like all the time. Yeah, it's intermittent. And I think, honestly, I do do it seasonally. Um, what I've found that I wanted to t- chat with you all about and get it out to the wider community, because Tourette's is something we don't talk about and it's something we don't study. There's not a lot of research on it, but I'm pretty confident it's autoimmune related. It's oh, technically nice. a neurological disorder. But whenever I have allergies or I was pregnant or, you know, when my immune system feels under attack, like when I'm sick, my Tourette's goes through the roof. That, and, that's oh, definitely could be because I have like the two autoimmune that you and I texted about and that definitely. Yeah. It seems to me that there is a correlation, but there's not a lot of information on it because not a lot of people are condu- conducting studies because no one's dying from Tourette's. You know, it's not exactly. very, it's not one of the big hitters. So but, it's like. It's also not like, show, like, you know, like it's shown, right, with the ticks, mm-hmm. but it's not shown a different way in certain ways. Like for mine, sometimes it's not shown, like mine's an inner type, like sometimes on the skin and other people have the same thing with the autoimmune diseases. A lot of them are unknown. Like we think my father has one too. And a lot of them you just don't know. And so unfortunately, when you don't do those studies, you'll just keep doing these tests that you that could be one that's never been discovered or it could be Tourette's and they just don't want to study it. It's the craziest thing. Yeah, it is. And I <laughs> coming back to what you said, Hannah, about, you know, a male dominated illness. And it's like, well, how often are there women that we don't know about that right. are showing signs of this? I mean, all over TikTok, and I'm not on TikTok, but I read Reddit threads and there's a Tourette's Reddit thread, which I highly recommend to anybody with Tourette's or anybody who has a friend with Tourette's or a parent or a child. Um, they have this TikTok, you know, kids coming through and they're like, sorry, I sound so old. TikTok kids. Um, <laughs> like, I promise I'm not faking it. I really have Tourette's. And I'm just like, why is this a thing? And then I tried to remember yeah. what it was like to be in middle school and high school. Uh, and you did feel like you were faking it because who would voluntarily cur- curse, you know, in class? Who would voluntarily subject themselves to humiliation by touching something repeatedly and making noise and being distracting. No so, one. But I do so think like adults think kids are trying to be funny. And that's probably why, you know, like you just think a kid uh, is just trying to get attention or trying to get, you know, mm-hmm. versus. Yeah, it's not socially normal. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's an atypical behavior. And so, you know, we're, we're talking about people in a much more open way than when I was diagnosed with Tourette's. Now it's called like neurotypical, you know, mm-hmm. before I was mentally handicapped or, you know, like there were other, there was other language to describe me. And now, you know, we like pulled me out of the classroom and gave me extra time for tests. And now we'd probably keep me in the classroom and just kind of give me some more parameters. So I think that kids are having a better um, living situation with disabilities, but it's still, 
still don't, a stigma. It's a stigma. And also, yeah. I don't know anybody with Tourette's. See, really? Even though you have it? Even though I have it my entire yeah. life. Um, I did meet a few kids when I was younger. My parents dragged me to these Tourette's support groups where they'd go in this seminar and they stuck me in kind of this room where I was hanging out with other kids with Tourette's. And unfortunately, it's not contagious. You can't get Tourette's from someone. But with Tourette's, if you see someone else with a tick, I promise you, you may show up with that tick the next day. You you start presenting with like whatever they're doing. Like I, yeah, it's weird. People do mannerisms too with each other, especially if you hang out. Like you notice it too. Like say you sit across on one at a coffee shop too. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like you start to copy them. Like I might start copying Hannah. I notice that when I hang out with her, sometimes yeah. I'll start to someone. do. Yeah, I'll mirror her. So mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, I could see that. I could. Yeah. So you so, just started um, mimicking. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say you just started mimicking the people in your group versus like yeah. something that yep. was helpful. Yeah. That's yep. interesting it's, that you have not rough. met someone. But I guess you're not going to walk up and be like, "Do you have Tourette's?" Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I dated a guy with Tourette's. Yeah. There was like a person here or there that I've crossed, but like, I don't know someone in my daily life that I speak to. Like I've met a person or two, right? But like, I don't speak to them. Like they were, I met them in elementary school. So no one in your family or, and you say you have children? I have two girls, um, five and nine. And neither of them have presented yet, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I don't think that my we think maybe my dad had it, but we don't know. Like, it, I don't know if it crosses generations, but it is hereditary, supposedly. Oh, oh it is hereditary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that is interesting to see if it skips or like Hannah and you were saying earlier about the woman too, because it's not as studied. So it's interesting. Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's not, it's not just Tourette's. You almost always have Tourette's and OCD or Tourette's and ADHD. Or Learning ask, like, you were saying. What do you have on top of it? If you want to expand or if sure. not, you don't. Okay. I'll keep it about Tourette's, but I have quite a few. I've been diagnosed as ADD, OCD, Tourette's and misdiagnosed as bipolar. <laughs> um, and then what else have they given me? Like PMDD? premenstrual dysphoric disorder that's not related but also interesting that i learned about that recently and basically the whole spectrum of anxiety like just generalized anxiety so um it was always touched by you saw that oh yes (laughs) well (laughs) autoimmune diseases are like that so that's also why i think it's an autoimmune disease because a lot of that time like your body is fighting something it's tired so you have a lot going on so you of course would have maybe more ocd tendencies more certain like they, yeah, and mood, like for me, they thought at first maybe bipolar and they found out mine was mood um, stabilizing too because I was like, ooh, with my mm-hmm. medicines, with my me fighting pain. So it makes sense that you yeah. have so much because your body is doing all this. <laughs> yeah, and it ebbs and flows and it comes yeah. with the season. Like right now you're talking to me in a difficult season because it's the fall. Um, and so I'm suppressing my ticks on this call right now, but like they're there (laughs) Um, and they will come out. Um, you might see them if I get really comfortable, I'll do it. I know. Let me see what time it is. Cause I know you want to also talk about your achievements as a, um, is it considered a lifestyle brand photographer? Yes. So I started my business back in 2012 as a wedding and portrait photographer. 
And back in 2020, if you guys remember 2020 at all, it's kind no, of yeah, it was I, I don't think I, I don't think I did 2020. I, I think I, yeah, no one did. I think no I, 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 I skipped that. It was supposed to be the perfect year. It was supposed to like all the holidays fell on like a Friday there or Saturday or something. There were like <laughs> three Friday the 13th. So it was supposed to be just this crazy magical year. I mean, it was, it was uh, maybe the crazy it was the devil it was the devil like that's that's why they were like too many good things yeah Yeah. but anyways you started in 2020 or you like yeah I started um my business in 2012 but then rebranded in 2020 to a lifestyle um brand photographer and so mainly I work with entrepreneurs b corporations and women who want to sell services and products that are sustainable ethical and holistic um, I tend to focus on clients and brands that lift others up, are conscientious about their impact on the environment, and help to address the gender disparity disparity endemic in our culture. So, like some of my past clients are a B Corp fair trade chocolate company. Another one is a small women owned business selling cheese and wine. Another one is a yoga black owned women owned studio. You know, so that's kind of my niche market and where I'm driving my business to now, because I realized at the end of the day, I wanted to give back in some way. And so working with um, brands that are more focused on sustainability or women's empowerment, like that's where my heart is. And so that's that's what I've been focusing on lately. And we actually met you through Olivia. um, Is it? Bowen, Bowen, Bowen. Yeah, yep. you were right. Yeah, were I got, right. I got yeah. like. Near, but anyway, because the life and career coach that we interviewed last season, I think it was last season, right? All of the seasons. It was last season. Yeah, they start to blend. Yeah, they start though. to blend. But you, you took pictures of her and like kind of helped her business, right? Yes, Olivia beautiful Bowen photo is mm-hmm. amazing. Thank you. She's such a vibrant person. I've actually been working with her. And she's become my business coach. She's incredible. I really recommend her. That's cool that you can kind of like help one another. How did you guys meet? Um... Well, I actually met her husband at the library with his daughter. And I was like, hey, you should join my mom group, dad. And he did. And then they opened it up to all parents. And so it became like a a kid's playgroup when my kid, both of our youngest were maybe three years old, four years old. So they've been in playgroup together ever since. <laughs> um, and then Olivia and I became friends out of that. And I hate yeah. to say it, but I've become really close with Olivia. So I, I like really need to get back in touch with her husband. And I feel bad. <laughs> kind of stole his wife. <laughs> All right. The good, the good news is you guys are helping each other. So he should be thankful. I thought you were going to say that you got really close with her husband. And I was like, where is this no, no, going? No, no. This is going. Do I what direction now? Did she listen to this podcast? I got really no, close with her no. husband. But yeah, no, she totally does. Yeah, we actually are all friends now. So our families hang out together and they're great people. So. So I was looking at your website and you have been like published in all kinds of different things. I wrote them all down, but I don't know if you want me to like read them all, but like the Food and Living, Northern Virginia Magazine, Travel and Leisure, Capital Romance, I believe was one of them, Mm -hmm. Um, the Washingtonian, Washington Business Journal, Alexandria. I like have, I have no clue what something I was going to remember. the Small Business Development Center. Okay. I was going to say, so you, uh, how did you switch to go to that route too, like from 
I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, the whole thing is kind of crazy. Um, but basically, as a small business owner, you are wearing 17 hats, which is a tool I started using. It's actually called 17 hats. And it helps me with all my accounting and all that. I built my own website. I do all my own marketing. And so basically, I just redid my website. And then send out email blasts to my client base saying like, hey, I'm offering these services to you now. Um, you know, a lot of my, I would say most of my business is, you know, peer to peer marketing. So if my friends recommend me or my clients recommend me to their friends, then my business grows. So everything comes from word of mouth, um, almost exclusively a few people from Yelp. Oh, really? But yeah, I just kind of redeveloped my website and started going that route. So when you are published or is that your new stuff or was that like your previous work? Everything that you've seen on the website now is, is like, what I'm okay. what I'm doing now. Um, so there's a product area mm -hmm. of my website and there's more of a personal branding area of my website, which features mainly women, I would argue. Um, but I work with anyone um, of any gender or nationality. And you'll travel, I saw. And I travel, yes. <laughs> I tend to travel a lot between DC and Michigan. Oh, really? Um, but I travel anywhere, so. Like in between yeah, like Michigan? all the states or you actually just go to Michigan? Yeah. I go anywhere. I go oh, anywhere okay, okay. in between. Um, but I go to Michigan because I have family there. So I'm already there anyways. So it just makes sense that like you pick up clients through friends of friends there. Um, that's how my friend, uh, my one friend who's um, a photographer also is, uh, I uh, do a uh, modeling for her and she would actually do that where it's like, well, hey, I'm in town because she's Canadian. Do you want to do this with me while I'm here? So it kind of works out and then you no, get a free perfect. place to stay. <laughs> so that's wonderful. There's one thing I wanted to say about photography though. And I don't know if you looked at my social media feed, but you'll notice if you would go on there that I posted December of last year and I haven't posted since on Instagram. And I actually got off Facebook. And as a business owner, that was scary to jump from that platform. But also, they're both owned by Facebook. So <laughs> I just chose one of them. But in the end, I was comparing myself so much to every other photographer out there, similar to that scared kid in middle school who was, you know, ticking in front of everybody and felt embarrassed. And what is everybody else doing? What is everyone else doing? And I realized that was really unhealthy. And so I took a step back. And I realized all these people that I was like, they're doing the ideal thing when they're business and they're doing what I want to be doing and they're doing it well and right and everything. And then meanwhile, I was finding out they wanted what I had. I had a family and I had kids and they were dealing with infertility. And it was like, oh my gosh, we both want what the other person has. And we're both projecting this idea of happiness and wholeness and oh, how sick. And because so I just thought social off. media. Yeah. yeah like because before then too, before then we didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> so I guess if I could leave your listeners with anything, it's lean to what you're good at. And if you don't know what that is, take a risk, like feel free to do what you love. Don't do what you think you're supposed to be doing because you're supposed to be this type of photographer, for example, do what you love, you know, and the rest will follow with it. Yeah. And people only post like the good of their life. They're not going to, you know, post. And so then you're only going to see that and you're only going to, um, you know, think that your life is inferior because of that. And yeah, I, I try to not do too much on social media either. Like I wish people happy birthdays and I'll post like every once in a while because it's just 
too much to like get on there and just like look and just feel like you're not in the place where you want to be. So I think that's probably yeah, it's good. A machine. <laughs> so do you feel like you're actually succeeding more now that you've made that decision? I feel like I have been in a better place in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I feel more balanced in my work life, family balance in, in my general day to day. So that has been very positive for me. And going forward, like working with a business coach like Liv, I feel empowered to continue with this direction and push through any obstacles, you know, because it's, it's hard as a photographer, as an entrepreneur to go out on your own, as, as you, you know, like starting a podcast, being an illustrator, like, there's a lot that comes with just pushing yourself to work in the creative fields. Because a lot of times the money doesn't follow immediately. Mm -hmm. But being able to push through that difficulty, like COVID, for example, <laughs> then yeah. you can, you know, come out on the other side with your priorities straight. Like, how many days a week do I want to work? How many clients do I want to take a year? You know, I started making the business work for me instead of me working for the business. Because for a while, I wasn't thinking about like, taxes or healthcare. And it's like, no, 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 like, I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and my family and treat this like a real job. So how did you, um, with uh, Tourette's and photography with also tips, though, depending if you got nervous with certain clients or et cetera, too, um, just a question, how um, did that work, too? Because I never know, because you were talking about your eyes earlier with driving. Mm -hmm. Does that ever affect your photography? It has an effect on my photography, but the biggest thing I can think of is I've always seen my life in still frames because I'm blinking so much. It's like every moment I'm capturing a moment. So I don't know if I'd be a great videographer, but I love cinematography. Um, but I, I love the camera because it's kind of like I'm constantly taking, you know, still shots. And so I've kind of translated that into a vocation, you know, to be able to create these images that last for eons if people print them. At archival printers nobody prints anymore but i think that it's beautiful that you can do that you know and it's it's great like painting you mentioned you painted earlier before we started the the podcast today and i think that that's beautiful but so much time and energy goes into a painting and selfishly, I, I can create a photograph like that i know you it's know? scary finding out this so like like people appreciate it right they sometimes do, but like that will last forever. See that photography or that painting and stuff. And I love cake art. I love all that. But when I watch those shows and I say, this is beautiful. But then someone will say, I will pay $5,000 for this cake. But for someone like me or any other artist or like you or Hannah, even because she's a photographer, like they don't want to put that money down, but they'll put yeah. money down for say, and I will say it for a cake for your day or two. And I think it's gorgeous. And that's an art form. But I think it's really sad that we also aren't as appreciated in the visual arts, because mm -hmm. that's what makes history like all yeah. that history is from and it's something we all, and art. we all need to work on because yeah. like even, even me a professional photographer struggled to professionally frame my prints mm -hmm. yeah. i'm guilty of that like i can do it myself you know <laughs> <laughs> i have a map board cutter and everything but i think that there are so many vocations out there that we probably don't give the attention to that we could but it's also what are our values like where exactly. do we want to where do we want to put our money i often think it's the digital but 
photos have kind of like hindered that because everyone can be yeah. a photographer. Like I remember in high school, like my then boyfriend was just like, cause I was like, Oh, I want to go into photography. And he's like, everybody thinks they're a photographer, you know? And that's, that's actually kind of true. Like everybody, because of the, you know, like, so of course they're not going to pay for something that they think they can produce. Exactly. So well, I think everyone, that's, I'm not I don't saying think they can. you can produce I'm not paintings, saying, to be honest. But, like, but, you actually but, have to have a certain talent. Yeah, but I'm just talking about, like, the digital. And, I mean, you can do a paint-by-numbers and produce something, too. I mean. The, yeah, but that's not And hard. you can go to Home Goods and buy a cheap <laughs> painting. That's just, I'm just saying, like, that's why, unfortunately, it's gotten there. Right, I'm not saying that that's the dying. correct yeah. way. But. Yeah. We, you know, people buy the live, laugh, love things and they think that's art. And, you know, I mean, it, yeah. if that's what they want to have in their house and I, I'm sure there's people listening or you may have something, but that's, you know, it's just easy to buy that manufactured stuff and easy no, I hear to what you're create. Saying, yeah. I'm a, yeah. It's I'm harder to buy that cake at Kroger yeah, or exactly. Safeway or, you know. But yeah, you're spending the money on that cake. Yeah, but it's yeah, harder to get. They can't. Day. They they don't have the same. You know, they can get a fake of something for way cheaper, and they can get. Mm. So I think that's the logic behind mm. people. Yeah, but that. But see, the problem with that, like that logic. I'm not saying it's good me. logic. That's just my explanation of it. No, I mean I agree with that logic. It's more that. Uh, the logic with others thinking that like they can't pay the artist or pay like say the wedding people and stuff, but they can pay for the cake is all I'm getting at. They'd be like, that's cool. I could pay for the caterer and the cake and the flowers, but I will not pay for any of that. Yeah. Well, flowers are an art form too, but. No, that's what I'm saying, but they can pay. I'm saying that they're getting paid is what I'm getting. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I just think his math things and it has made other things, unfortunately lose its value because you know, they can cut corners, you know, most people don't want to cut corners on their food or, you know, and people do fake flowers too. So, which are oh, actually yeah, more expensive. I don't know. Or not more expensive, but they can be they pricey are, too. And I'd rather do real just because I'm a florist um, granddaughter. Hannah's family's a florist. Well, okay. we were. They a full, I, you'll always be a florist. That's it. That's it. That's why I have lots of plants and things. Yeah. I have, even more it's beautiful but anyway <laughs> yeah anyways everyone but everyone yeah. has a camera in their pocket these days right. you know and like yeah. you know a lot of people have uncle joe or aunt sally i don't know why i came up with those names but they're gonna photograph the wedding for them, you know and it's, it's it's a bummer to me because it's like but different people have different values well, viola they, davis, as Hannah said, yeah. yeah viola davis i just listened to her audiobook and she when she got married she's had two weddings to the same guy they like renewed their vows so the second one was different but their first one her husband's like oh let's not get a photographer people can just have you know disposable cameras and everyone can take a picture and she was like that was the worst mistake because people took pictures of everything but what she wanted and they were blurry people were drinking you know it was just a mess so you might not get that same right thing. you know it's not gonna have the same thing uncle joe's yeah. not gonna be able to to do the same thing but yeah there's so much that goes into it like i love being a photographer but it's probably 10 to 15 percent of my job like there's a lot of setup there's a lot of equipment there's a lot of preparation I mean questionnaires like I as a wedding photographer I ended up being like a wedding planner like you're essentially planning their day from start to finish you know their whole itinerary 
Um, and so that kind of lends itself to what I'm doing now. It's, it feels much more laid back even, um, working with adults rather than children. Like I did with portrait photography and I still take a select number of families a year, but I tend to, you know, devote more time toward adult female clients. And it's such a breeze to work with them, you know, and to help them see themselves in a light that they might not have seen themselves in before, you know, like people end up, I end up taking pictures of people in these moments and these expressions that they didn't realize they could make. One of my friends, she goes, I always take pictures of her and she goes, I hate all pictures of me except when you take them. And for some reason, like you can just capture the light in somebody, the energy, the essence of someone, you know, by getting to know them, like photography is more than a camera and a person who knows how to use a camera. It's about the relationship and the connection that you bring out with that person. So it's really, you know, it has a lot to do with sociology. Like you learn a lot about a person, how they behave, why, and you start to learn their face. For example, did they blink? You know, (laughs) not not to pull back to Tourette's, but like, are they a blinker? Because I will say like maybe 30% of my clients are blinkers. And so then I have to take more photos of them because I know that they're going to blink or group shots. You don't take one group shot, you take 10. (laughs) And so I think that it's important to have someone with experience that, you know, works with you because that lends itself to the final product and shows off your best self to your clients. You're a friend in the end. That's the thing. You got to be comfortable and be a friend in the end and empower each other. And that's how Hannah does it with our photography too, because she helps with a, she's obviously a photographer, but with photography, she always makes me feel the most beautiful too, because of like our personalities <laughs> together. No, but in general, in general though, and that's the thing, I feel like it's when you embody so that camera as a friend. <laughs> You know? Oh, I know. She's that's hilarious. Cute. She's just like, Rachel, what the heck are you doing? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the Rachel face. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I tend to become long-term friends with clients, and I have a lot of return clients. One of them, I was with them before they had their first child, and now their first child is in kindergarten. <laughs> so it's, I love it. I mean, it's a great work. Let's take a short break and talk about sweater weather. Or hoodie weather. We have hoodies people can purchase on our website, www.whatidliketotellpeople.com. And make sure when you order your hoodie or merch to use our listener code telling people to receive 15% off found in our episode notes. Now back to our show. Megan, what would you like to tell people? Well, I'd like to tell people that it's okay to take risks and not be afraid of doing something that you've never done before to make sure that you put yourself out there and try and gain new experience. Um, You can learn from other people, but try not to copy other people. I know a lot of photographers start off and they get insecure and nervous and they're like, how can I be a better photographer? So they go to Pinterest or Instagram to look there. And as I shared with you earlier, I feel like you'll end up empty that way because creativity comes from within yourself. So being able to develop relationships with your clients and figure out what they would like, make sure it's also what you would like. And so trying to lend yourself to a client base that makes you feel good about your work at the end of the day. Um, And this could lean into any vocation, truly. Um, My passion is for documenting evocative photos of people, food, and events. Um, The stories we tell with pictures have the power to stay with us in a way that words alone cannot achieve. 
This power drives social change and helps to raise those people up in our society who are disempowered. And so um, people are my passion and I tend to work with sustainable brands and I want to have a profession with a purpose. So that is why I am a lifestyle brand photographer. Um, you can reach me at Megan at LaPrairiePhoto.com. We'll leave that in the show notes or through my website at LaPrairiePhoto.com. If anyone has any questions about Tourette's, you can reach me at Megan.Lap at gmail.com. And I would love to answer any questions. Again, I am not a medical professional, but I have lived with Tourette's my entire life and I'm here for you. So I wanted to talk a little bit about treatment for Tourette's syndrome. I don't believe that there's any known treatment, at least not in my purview. Um, some people I've been told have been put on antipsychotics, but I read a book about a boy who had really severe Tourette's and the antipsychotics didn't really help. In fact, the symptoms that he had from those exacerbated his other symptoms. Um, but hopefully there are some things that are working for some people. Um, many people have said Tourette, or sorry, not Tourette's. <laughs> Tourette's is good for Tourette's. Um, CBD can be really good or marijuana, um, and it's becoming legal more often. So a lot of people use that. I know it's helped a lot of people with migraines or headaches, um, from ticking, but, um, sometimes it can exacerbate them. So it depends on the strain. Um, what I've noticed in personal experience is that it tends to take away the headache. I still tick, but I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, and then there's also cognitive behavioral therapy and CBIT, which is Comprehensive Behavioral Intervention for Ticks. You can go to Tourette's.org. Um, they have a lot of great information. Uh, and so I'd highly recommend seeing a neurologist. Like if anybody realizes they have maybe two verbal and one motor or vice versa ticks for nine months, you know, get in with a neurologist. Because if you have had those for documented for, I believe, a year, you can be diagnosed with Tourette's and then get more assistance from a professional. I, this is probably strange, but do you, since you said like, if you're with people with Tourette's, you can pick up things like that. Do you think you mimic people that don't have ticks too? Like maybe that's also why you can suppress it or no, or maybe that's just something like. I really like your questions, Hannah. That's great. <laughs> I don't know if I've done that. I do know I have for sure picked up ticks from other people. Um, this tick where I take my uh, chin and hit it on my shoulder is from a boy named Tommy back in elementary oh. school. Um, but I, so thank you, Tommy. But I don't <laughs> know if I've picked it up from people without, um, you know, a neurological disability, but it's possible. Yeah. I don't know where we get them. I don't know where we get them. People have all sorts of interesting ticks and I don't know, like at one point my body was like, hey, let's blink obsessively, compulsively. Like, <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It was really interesting. And I don't know if I know someone with Tourette's or if I do, you know, I've seen people text, but I've not. Um, I just know Billie Eilish has it. And she. I just found that out too. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. yeah my mom told me that. There was actually a surgeon. This is a very cool story, real brief. He ticked so bad he had so many bad ticks and he was a brain surgeon and as soon as he go to do surgery he suppressed all ticks and was able to do it so you can do anything like with Tourette's you can do anything I did that with a paintbrush too it was I forget, it wasn't with Tourette's but it was with the um the other one and like all of a sudden they just could do a stroke and that was yeah. it yeah. And I would, just the well, body. that's kind of like people with a stutter. They usually yeah. can sing. And I know I've been on the phone with someone that had a stutter and she was like, 
please let me sing or, you know, because she was stuttering so bad. And then when she started singing, her stutter completely, yeah. like, went away. So she sang to That's me. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought it's like, it's beautiful, though, just to see that, especially, like, with the singing and then the surgeon. What? Yeah. That's crazy. So, just me. Well, thank you so much. It was really nice yeah, to meet you. you and um, it was Finally. really cool to hear about your threats and then also your lifestyle photography. No, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure, Rachel and Hannah, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you, and hope to talk soon. That sounds great. Take care. Have a good night. Hannah. What did you think about this episode? I really liked getting to know Megan and, you know, she mentioned she had never met anyone with Tourette's and I, I've never met anyone personally that I'm aware of that has Tourette's or, you know, I've watched a lot of videos and Billie Eilish, um, you know, I've watched some videos of her kind of talk about it and some, you know, just things here and there. So it was really interesting to hear her talk about it and, you know, some of the things people can do to treat it and um, just really interesting. I could have listened to more about it and I really did enjoy hearing about her lifestyle brand, photography and, you know, working with women owned businesses and supporting them and helping them grow and, and just kind of like her passion for people, just really amazing. So what did you think about this episode? I thought it was really, really interesting, too, because of um, learning about Tourette's even more. And, and even, like, what was interesting with you was, to bringing up also gender in the health uh, world, too, and, and how we also don't focus on that as much. I, uh, what you were saying earlier, I'm sorry, like, with trying to describe it, but um, it's, I find it very interesting because people, it's not as studied as much and you can't, a lot of people will unfortunately make fun of it or not take it as seriously because it's not a physically, it is physical, but it's also not like cancer or not it's like not deadly. It's exactly. Not Thank threatening. you. Thank yeah. you. You're so good. Yes. It's not life threatening. So it's kind of, it's, it's so unknown. Still. So it's actually quite scary if you think about it that not many people are out. I mean, maybe there are studying it, but we're not hearing about it. It's kind of scary too because you're sitting there like, well, when do you want to learn more? When do you want to learn? How can we, you know, uh, have this community more? I mean, yeah, we have more of this, but we need more doctors. We need more people to talk about it. So it's less of a stigma too. So I thought it was really nice that she explained it too and compared the um you know compromised with it and then also her photography how it was hand in hand where it didn't happen it was just all natural just like the uh the one i said with the paintbrush and her with the surgeon it's just it's a really cool how it goes hand in hand um and i and i yeah and yeah growing a business too with other uh, women that's awesome so how much you could say more (laughs) Yeah, no, it, it is really cool. I'm not sure who will be on next week. Uh, we have a couple of interviews lined up, so hopefully somebody will be on. We've had a couple rescheduling, so we shall see. It's kind of like a Russian roulette at this point to see who 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 will um, who will get on or not. So, yeah, 
What I'd like to tell people is an independent podcast recorded and edited by us, Rachel and Hannah. Our theme song is written and recorded by Sean Price. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can receive the latest episode. Also, rate and review our episodes so we can receive more listeners. Go to our website www.whatidliketotellpeople.com. Find the link and more information in the episode notes. Until next week. And this was What I'd Like to Tell People.